it's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marlene. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. We are so grateful that you have found us today. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and what a blessing it is to be here with you on this beautiful Saturday morning here in Central Texas and honestly, across the world with our podcast and the way that you can listen online at any time. And I have two beautiful co-hosts in studio today, Kathy Enderbrock and our good friend, Mercy Allerid. Hello, Kathy. How are you today? I'm doing great, Coach Carrie. It's great to be with here with you and friends. It's great to be with you. We just love being able to have Saturday to touch base with you and to share life with you. And we're going to be talking today about hospitality, every Christian's calling. And I, I just love this program that Mercy has put together. And, you know, the, I just, we're going to get to discuss being a Christian and having a party, just having a ball, (laughs) being a Christian and seeing God work in the lives of people and transforming lives and uh, just welcoming strangers into our home and having them meet the Savior just all through fun and food and being together. We're going to get to see some biblical principles, how to do this, how to do this well, and sometimes how to kind of get over ourselves in Mm -hmm. order to reach others. I'm so looking forward to this conversation today. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mercy. Good morning, Uh, Dr. Mercy Allered. How are you today? Good morning. It's a it's a great morning here in Austin, Texas. I'm doing really great. Looking forward to talking about one of my favorite subjects, hospitality. It's meant so much to me over the years, and I, I can't wait to to discuss it with you and and see how hospitality has marked each of your lives as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to remind our listening friends a little bit about you, Mercy. You've been on the program now with us once a month for the last several months, but I just want to remind our listening friends a little bit about who you are. Dr. Mercy Alleridge, she serves as the Vice President of Equipping and Communication at America Praise. She's married to Brian Allerid, the President and CEO of America Praise. And for the last 24 years, she has been building Bible schools in several nations. Um, She is an adjunct professor at Regent University, as well as Central New Mexico Community College in Albuquerque. I, Man, Mercy, we could just go on and on and on about all of the things that you do that um, just involve the Lord and furthering his kingdom. So, grateful to have you with us today to discuss hospitality. I got to say, hospitality for me um, and really biblical hospitality, as we're going to discuss today, has not always come easy. (laughs) I think the more type A personality you are, having to be in control of every single little detail, maybe the harder hospitality comes for us. (laughs) But I am learning to chill out and relax and um, to understand that everything does not have to be perfect. So I'm excited to talk about this topic today. Well, what's going on in our world? I know our listening friends would love to catch up with us. Kathy, what's going on with you? You know, Aaliyah is just, um, she's my oldest, my Baylor girl, and she has decided to go ahead and graduate this December. <laughs> so, Excellent. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, and so, but she wants to spend the spring traveling around Europe. And uh, so that we're... A little bit hesitant on that, but Eric and I are, are working with her, kind of figuring out how to how to navigate that. And so right now she's applying for graduate school. So she's applying to MIT, Harvard, Yale, and Boston University. She sent her oh application to them last night, and uh, and we're excited for her and kind of holding her hand through that. Eric and Faithy are in. Italy right now on her senior trip and just discovering just God's amazing hand in just the arts and uh, the history of Europe and, you know, how he just accomplished so many incredible 
things through Rome, through um, the expanse of Rome and the establishment of Rome, and then bringing the church up uh, through history through that process. And so anyway, I'm just excited for Faithy, my youngest, she's a senior in high school to get back and just hear everything that she just got out of that trip. And just looking forward to, you know, everything that the Lord showed her. And um, Jordan, my BSU student, she's just amazing and I'm enjoying spending time with her while everyone else is away it it was so (laughs) sweet because she came and spent the night and I said well babe do you want to come and cuddle with me I mean daddy's not here you can come cuddle (laughs) with me and she's like oh I would love that and so she came down and just spent uh spent the night with me uh just downstairs and it just it's been a lot of fun it's been a wonderful week that is awesome. Well, Ashley and I got a wild hair last week. Um, about a, two weeks ago, I was talking to Mackenzie, our oldest, who's in school in Nashville, and um, she was going on about all of her amazing things. And then she goes, you know, I do miss you guys. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we miss you too, honey. I said uh, something about um, would you like us to come visit? Because she's not supposed to come home until November. And uh, she goes, well, I wouldn't be mad if you did. And so, of <laughs> course, you know, immediately I got on and started looking at plane tickets and we try to do anything last minute. It's so expensive. And so we decided to drive up. Ashley and I drove to Nashville. We did end up flying Logan in about, I don't know, 24 or 36 hours later because a one-way ticket was pretty cheap, um, knowing that he could ride back with us. Um, she was so excited to see her brother and to see us. And we loved every second of meeting her friends and entertaining her friends. It was just, it was absolutely amazing. And my mom flew out and met us as well. So it was just a whole big party and um, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Carrie, are you, are you tearing up there? A little bit. I mean, it was so great. Oh, and one other thing that I have to tell you guys and listening friends, um, I did tear up last week. My son stepped on a basketball court against another team for the first time in 10 months. Oh. And I tell you, I I still got, I just got goosebumps just right now just talking about it, just seeing him out there in his element and oh, he's such a good teammate and doing what he loves um just by the grace of God. Uh just so it was just so heartwarming and I'm just it was just it was just a neat moment. Uh it was literally 10 months almost to the exact day wow. uh, from the day of the injury. And so it was it was a pretty big deal. So we had a pretty good week. Uh, what about you, Mercy? How are things going with you? Everything is going well here. We are going through puppy pains. We adopted a puppy a year ago. So it's not, you know, <laughs> you would think that we would be better, right? But trying to, uh, we, okay, just to put things in perspective, we moved into our home. It's brand new, eight months ago, okay? And the puppy was four months old. And uh, I'm looking around the house, and, uh, okay, let's just say, say we spent, uh, you know, thousands of dollars repairing the damage that this little dog has done to our home. So, yeah, pains are in full force right now, but nobody wants to get rid of her because we love her. She just looks at us, and we melt. And so, we're, I mean... We're going to take it. We're going to fix those doors and, you know, take care of that grass and, you know, get rid of sprinklers because she, you know, chews them all up. And uh, but we're going to keep the dog. So that's what we're going to Okay. Uh, Brian, my husband, just got back from a trip to Guatemala that we were we I didn't get to go. But we as a team were all involved worldwide. It was all hands on deck. And we released um, or launched the Pray for All movement in Guatemala. And we had about a 1,000 pastors at the conference from every single municipality in Guatemala. That was, a, a, that was the first big meeting in the, of, of pastors in the country since before COVID. So everybody was so excited to be there. 
and they took that initiative of praying for every person in the world by name back to their churches. So we're super excited. We got all of our resources in Spanish and English. Uh, so what started here in Austin with Bless Austin has gone global, and uh, it just started in Guatemala. So we are just uh, reeling and, and, and looking at all the pictures from last weekend, which was which was incredible. Wow. That's awesome, Mercy. I know you have such a heart uh, for um, these organizations that, that you guys have started, um, America Praise and Pray for All. Uh, so it's just so great to see you um, as the hands and feet of Jesus in all areas of of the world. So really such a blessing. Well, let's get right into this, ladies. Hospitality, every Christian's calling. Now, Kathy, I think you had a verse for the day from us from Romans. Yeah, I I love this uh, scripture from Romans, and um, Mercy kind of had it in in the body of the program today, and I pulled it out. I thought, well, that really anchors our entire program. It's from Romans twelve verses nine through thirteen, and it says this: Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So the, the the shortest sentence in this series of thought, it ends with practice hospitality. And I love this because, you know, a, a Paul is, is talking here and saying, okay, here's all the things that you do with one another. Now go and do it out there with everyone else. Practice hospitality. And so it is this Christian calling that we have to engage in hospitality. And, um, you know, it's funny because I was trained up in the hospitality industry. If you look at my um, my Bachelor of Science degree, um, it is in the field of hospitality. It's hotel management or hospitality management. And so you would think I would know all about this, but understanding biblical hospitality versus worldly hospitality or worldly entertainment two vastly different things. If you go to uh, Las Vegas to be entertained, that is not hospitality. So we're going to be talking about what is hospitality? What is the calling for Christians to step into hospitality? And what have we personally seen God do um, in the midst of that when we when we step into that and have a party for Jesus? So Mercy, why did you choose this topic for today? It is something that I've been passionate about for many, many years. It's something that my mom actually uh, marked me with since I was a little girl. My mom had this habit of hosting people in our home. And for her, her burden was for pastors. My mom was not a pastor. She was uh, one of the singers on the worship team. And uh, she would go to every Bible study. She was just a really avid, passionate Christian. She was there, you know, on Wednesday nights for service and Sunday mornings early to practice worship. But she was not a you know, a leader or a pastor in, in the church. But her burden, she was a businesswoman. Her burden was to uh, be hospitable to pastors and to leaders. And because of her job, she rubbed shoulders with uh, several, uh, many politicians in our nation. And so once or twice or even three times a month, we would have parties, but not, you know, parties like the world throws. They're just regular dinner parties, awesome food, which I loved, you know, <laughs> mom cooked and um, she, uh, a spread of everything that you can imagine, uh, drinks for everybody, be, uh, beautiful music and just conversation. People would come and then stay until 11 or 12 at night and there was no craziness. It was just a conversation between friends. And I remembered, um, you know, how stressful that was for me being an introvert. I I didn't because uh, because everybody was involved. You know, everybody had to clean up the house. And then we had to help, you know, cutting the onions or whatever and serve the food. 
And when people got there, I knew that my mom would introduce me. Um, and so I was really nervous, but he, she marked me because time and time, year after year, she kept doing this until it became a part of my DNA. And I'm so thankful that my mom did that because otherwise I think my introvert itself would have said, you know what? No, no people. I'm going to close my doors, but thank God for my mom. She put that hunger in me to be hospitable. Oh, that is just so beautiful. You know, friends, when we return to Love Talk, we're going to explore this statement. Well, these these next couple of statements by Rosaria Butterfield, and we'll tell you a little bit more about her. Hospitality is the ground zero of the Christian faith. Hospitality takes strangers and makes them neighbors and takes neighbors and makes them family of God. More about hospitality with the Love Ladies when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. It is great to be here with you today. And we just want to say a special word of thanks to our sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air every week and have done so for the last 37 years. We just love you, Casa Mechanical, Tim Smith Landscaping, Santa Rita Ranch. You are just all our favorites and our newest sponsor, HeartFlex. We just appreciate you so much. And friends, if you need help, uh, you can reach out to them. And there, uh, we just have a little word from our sponsors in between our different segments. You can get their phone numbers and uh, learn all about um, how they can be your friends as well. Well, we're talking about hospitality today, every Christian's calling. And I have in studio with me the beautiful coach, Carrie Brinkader, as well as the amazing Mercy Allerid. And we're just going to engage into this topic, friends, because what we are learning is that God will transform lives when we are willing to engage and just engage with friends, engage with neighbors, um, sometimes engaging with strangers. And so, Mercy, you put this program together today, and you shared in the first segment how hospitality has just really shaped your life, how your mom uh, just did this as a matter of course, that you knew you were going to be having people over for dinner uh, several times a month, and then it was a, a group effort, everyone getting the house ready, preparing the meal, and then just wrapping your arms around the guests uh, when they would arrive. And sometimes I think, you know, it's amazing if someone comes over to my to my house, and I have the opportunity to give them a hug. That may be the only hug that they've gotten that entire day, maybe that entire week. And so it's such a privilege to be able to reach out to individuals and not just put some food in their bellies, but to really nourish their spirits and hold one another up. And friends, I would just put to you that we have never felt more alone as a society. Mm -hmm. And if you think, oh, if I invite people over to my house, they're not going to want to come. I will tell you the absolute opposite is, mm -hmm. is, is true. People mm -hmm. are feeling so lonely, feeling abandoned. They are looking for that connection. Mercy, I would love to hear from you. I, I know that you do this as part of Bless Austin, and you have people into your home every single week. Can you walk us through the principles of this? Yes. And so uh, part of the uh, Pray for All initiative, which is to pray for every person in the world by name and share Jesus with them, you would think that the only things that are concerned there are prayer and evangelism, right? Pray and share. But uh, we take a holistic view of, of evangelism and go, we begin with prayer, which is the be and bless. We listen to them. We eat with them. Where, you know, that's where hospitality comes in. We serve them and we share Jesus with them. We, we do life with them, right? And hospitality is one of those things that encapsulates all of it. Hospitality is treating strangers and family alike, right? It's welcoming all, not just to your home, but to your heart. And so we do, Brian and I practice hospitality, not perfectly, but we try to practice it. And not just in our home. You know, sometimes we think, well, to be hospitable, we want to, we have to have these elaborate parties at, at our home, but sometimes we do it in, you know, at restaurants, at, at Starbucks, you know, over a cup of coffee or at a park during the pandemic. We couldn't meet at restaurants, so we would actually meet people at the park and you know stay six feet apart like they would tell us right and have our little picnic lunches they would eat theirs because they wouldn't want ours because they had our <laughs> right but we would still share our hearts with one another and uh, the beauty the beauty of of sharing your life with people over a meal is not as much that they would um, get to know you or your perfection but that they would discover themselves that they would 
discover themselves as they speak to you, right? When you begin to talk to a Christian that has been transformed by God, um, you discover something that you need. And it's not that we don't have to tell people. Uh, I mean, we do have to tell people they need Jesus, but we don't have to tell people how God has changed our lives and how God will change their lives. If they see it in us, they're going to want it. And hospitality gives people an opportunity, an open door to do that, to discover what they actually need. And so we love hospitality here in this home. We try to practice it. Sometimes it's a discipline, and uh, and but but most of the time it is an absolute joy. And so I wanted to ask you, how hospitality, I'm super interested to know if hospitality has marked your life, whether giving it or receiving it. Do you have a story that you want to share with us on, on how hospitality has marked your life? Kathy, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go after you. Okay. Well, so it, it's funny. I shared in the first segment, I actually have a degree in hospitality, uh, but it's it's maybe not what you think it means. It's It's hotel management. But uh, I got my for my undergraduate degree at the William F. Hara College of Hospitality and Hotel Management. So, um, and it's interesting. I got my uh, my master's degree then in international relations. And so, this topic is kind of just fun for me because I learned how the world does hospitality, but the world understands that hospitality builds connection, that people are filled with hospitality. Um, but maybe the world gets it a little bit uh, twisted. They focus on entertainment. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I had to unlearn, I always thought that hospitality was about entertaining people. But the difference between entertainment and hospitality is who is the focus on? Mm-hmm. Um hospitality that entertains people, the focus is on the host or the hostess. This is what I have to give you. You know, I think of Steve Wynn and his hotel, the Bellagio and the Mirage. And, you know, really, it just brings glory to Steve Wynn, these showcases that he puts together for people to walk into. Well, it took a lot for me to learn that hospitality, true biblical hospitality is not about the host and focusing on the host, but it is about the guest and focusing on the guest. And so I kind of learned hospitality the right way when I started having children. And, uh, our, my, my kiddos would bring over all of their friends. And, and previously, any parties that I had, had thrown, everything needed to be perfect in order for anyone to walk through that door. I mean, everything had to be spotless and perfect and the menu prepared and, you know, knowing the venue for the night and what activities we were going to do and what music we were going to listen to. But these kiddos walking through my door, they could care less about all of that. <laughs> and they just, wanted to be invited in and treated like family and, you know, have hugs and, you know, have refrigerator privileges and just be treated like family. And so having children kind of transformed my understanding. And, um, you know, it's funny because this past semester, uh, we have had a couple of kiddos spend the night at our house because they're just having problems with um, in their home life. And so it was either, you know, they were going to sleep in a car uh, somewhere that night or they were going to sleep at our home. And so we always tell them, well, if you're coming over and you're going to spend the night at our house, you have to have dinner with us uh, because that's kind of the way we do things. We we never nobody goes to bed hungry in this house and we want to make sure you don't go to bed hungry. And so you are uh, going to be coming over and eating dinner with us. And one of the things that these kiddos are generally shocked about is that, We all eat dinner together. There is no technology. There are no toys at the dinner table. And when dinner is done, we sit and talk. I mean, it's like, you know, you see them, they're finished with the dinner. They're getting ready to push away and leave. And we just sit there and talk. And so I guess I've kind of learned, um, I think, through the faith of of a child. I've learned from the faith of children, from the needs of children, what hospitality actually looks like and how it brings people to the Lord when you're just willing to treat them like family and not uh, treat them like um, guests that you're trying to entertain. I love this, Kathy. Um, much of the same experience over here in the Brinkator house. Um, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, um, 
Logan had, you know, a bunch of boys were at the house. I, I can't even tell you how many boys we've had in this house over the last six, eight weeks. It's been awesome. But I, several of the boys spent the night um, for many of the same reasons that you just articulated, you know, just not a great situation at home. Um, and so we've got plenty of room here. Please get a shower. Um, please, you know, hang out as long as you need. And um, next morning, I wake up to notes all over the house. Okay. At the dinner table, there's little place cards that they had written on paper. This is Carrie's seat. This is Logan's seat. And they <laughs> each had a seat at the table. Right. And what's weird is <clears throat> these guys, these are new friends of Logan's. They don't know our daughter, Mackenzie. They came into Logan's life after she had already gone to college. And so they put a place at the table for her with like question marks because they don't know her and notes on the refrigerator. They put home sweet home note on the refrigerator and drew a little family and they are, you know, included in our little family. Y'all. They're still up. I want them there forever. I love it. Um, and, you know, last night they all walked in the house. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, just so cute. And I'm so grateful. And I'm so very, very grateful. I, I've learned several big lessons of late. Um, my house doesn't have to be spotless. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if there's dog hair right there on the floor. Nope. Nobody cares. Um, I don't have to have a fancy meal. In fact, it can be a grilled cheese sandwich with ham on it and it's going to be fantastic. Um, nobody cares. Uh, it's not about the food. And I think for a long time for me, every time I hosted Mercy, a party, I did stress about the food. I'm not someone who loves being in the kitchen and who has a big repertoire of, you know, cooking, immaculate cooking skills. I can make food for a team, right? A basketball team. I can make basketball food, right? And so um, I, I kind of stressed over that. But I remember growing up, we used to have Sunday night church. Did you guys have Sunday night church growing up? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. So Sunday night church then uh, we'd all go to someone's house, right, after Sunday night church. And a lot of times it was my parents' house, and they had their friends over, and then the kids, you know, we'd hang out and do whatever. But my mom made cakes. My mom was – she made these fabulous cakes. She would make people's wedding cakes and birthday cakes, and everybody wanted my mom's cakes. And so especially on a weekend that she was baking cakes – you when you're when you bake cakes you have to take the top off of the cake so you get so it gets flat and you ice it flat um you don't want that bubble you know that occurs when you bake cakes so she would cut off the tops of the cakes and she would call it cake topper night and <laughs> all of her friends wanted to come over and eat cake tops and drink coffee <laughs> and so y'all the coolest thing right eating cake tops it's basically crumbs and they're delicious yep and coffee Right. And I just have such fond memories of that. How simple is that? Cake tops and coffee. Um, and so I've just I'm learning to chill out and relax a little bit as I host people in my home. It's not about entertaining them. Um, it's really not. It's uh, just about, like Kathy, you said, the conversation. And Mercy, I know we've all felt this and I want you to speak to this. I know we've all felt this when you leave someone's home and you go, wow, that, that was a really nice time. Mm -hmm. And you don't talk about the food, right? Necessarily. You talk about how you feel as you leave that place. How wow, I really enjoyed the story about this, you know, whatever you just talk about how you feel. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, you know, I, I've been to some amazing homes that you just go, wow. I remember right. spending a, a few days. Uh, somebody gave us some uh, a room at this amazing hotel, and we went and spent Christmas at this resort, free to us, right? And I and I realized, oh my gosh, this is how the one percent of the world celebrates Christmas, right? Like this is crazy, right? Um, I've been to homes that have. Um, 
immaculate dining rooms and gorgeous living rooms and spotless white carpets. But I remember this one time I went to this house and um, I, I walked into the door. They invited us. They said, come over and have some coffee. These were uh, Christian leaders. We got to the home and there was no one there. The gardener, their gardener opened the door. No, you know, nobody told him to. But so we went in and there was no one there. We sat in this amazing living room. My daughters and I were like, oh, my gosh, this house is like HGTV, right? <laughs> um, but there's no one there. And no one came for 45 minutes. And uh, after 45 minutes, our host walked in. Oh, we're sorry. We had another meeting that we couldn't, but didn't call, didn't say, hey, we were late. Uh, and they sat down. And it felt like we were a burden to them. And, uh, you know, we had an amazing meal. Uh, but it was always at a distance, right? Like, I, like almost like they had to have us over. And I walked away from that meeting feeling like there was stuff on me, like, ooh, I don't like, I didn't like that feeling of not feeling like I belonged, like not feeling loved. And yet I've been to homes in, in Central America where, I mean, I remember this one time we went and we were, um, doing evangelism in a, in a village in, in Honduras. And we sat by the fire for dinner because there was no hotel. We were actually sleeping on the dirt floor inside the, the church. The church had dirt floors, mm. sleeping bags, just sleeping on the dirt floor. And at night we would have dinner, uh, by the, by the little uh, clay oven. And it was beans and cheese and sour cream and eggs. That was our dinner, but it was the most, one of the most amazing meals I've ever had. And I felt so loved that this lady with her, tiny little dirty hands would be cooking tortillas for me fresh right there and she would give them to me with so much joy like I made this for you mm -hmm. and I had so much more love given to me in that place than I did in the mansion where everything was given to me and I was amazed at their comfort and their luxuries but uh you know uh Carrie to your point hospitality biblical hospitality is simple Mm -hmm. hospitality it doesn't have to be all this show it is simple it is done one at a time first peter 4 9 says offer hospitality to one another without grumbling right mm -hmm. uh that that last part gets me without grumbling uh brian is the one that will set up hospitality for me and sometimes she, he won't tell me he will just say you know after <laughs> we're having people over tonight and i'll go what i have so much to do and my house is not clean, and he'll just look at me, and I remember this verse, you know, show hospitality to one another without grumbling, right? But really, the point that I wanted to make is offer hospitality to one another. It's done one-on-one. -on -one. It's simple, right? Like you said, uh, team food, uh, a grilled cheese sandwich. My my kids' friends, speaking of grilled cheese sandwich, uh, one time they came to help us set up things for the conference. I had um, uh, kids working for a Christian conference, like for eight hours a day. <laughs> they were packing stuff. And so I would feed them. But all, I, I forgot to go buy them, you know, professionally made food. So I made them grilled cheese sandwiches like only I know how to make. And to this day, every time they come in the door, they're like, Miss Marcy, can you please make us your grilled cheese sandwich? We've never had like it, right? It's mm -hmm. People just want to want want something that you can make and something that, that mm -hmm. is made with love. So it could be mm -hmm. coffee dessert. It could mm -hmm. be and cookies. It could be a sandwich and iced tea, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It could be soup and prayer. It could be, um, you know, uh, yeah, a nicer dinner that maybe Kathy, Carrie, and I put together because I can't make the whole thing, right? Like I'll say, I'll clean. Right. And Kathy can, can cook some amazing dishes and, and, and the two of us could take sides. And we put on this meal together that wasn't, uh, you know, didn't cost a lot of effort, but still made people feel loved. So mm -hmm. hospitality is, is, is simple. And Kathy, with your story, it just reminded me uh, of another principle that I that I believe with all my heart it is that HGTV. Everybody knows HGTV, right? If you mm -hmm. love mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's my channel. I love it. I'm not putting it down, but HGTV doesn't define hospitality. Jesus does. You know, mm -hmm. you, you said it perfectly. It's not about entertainment. The world entertains. Uh, God calls us to be hospitable. And I love, love, love this quote by Tim Chester in a book called A Meal with Jesus. One of my favorite quotes of all time. He says, Jesus spent his time eating and drinking a lot of his time. He was a party animal. His mission strategy was a long meal stretching into the evening. He did evangelism and discipleship around a table with some grilled fish, a loaf of bread, 
in a pitcher of wine. To mm-hmm. me, that quote encapsulates um, hospitality. That's just what it is. Sitting around a table with some simple food and a great love in my heart for the person that's sitting right in front of me. All my attention on them to see how can I bless you? How can I listen to you? How can I be of value to you? So thank you for sharing your stories with me. Those were incredibly amazing and just kind of show some of the principles of hospitality there. You know, going back to um, those of us that are kind of type A and I, you know, get a little anxiety over hosting. We had a big party for McKenzie when she graduated um, just back in May. And I don't know what it was about that event, but I think it was the first time that I truly just enjoyed the process, mm-hmm. knowing that there were going to be so many people in my home to celebrate my girl, right? And I made all the food. Um, and in fact, we had so many people show up that didn't RSVP. I ran out of food. Wow. And you know what? It didn't matter. I, my husband even complimented me later. He was like, I can't believe you didn't freak out. <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, it is what it is. And these people loved their time here because it just felt relaxed. It felt fun. It felt like a celebration. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was just about enjoying one another. And there were so many people in and out and it, it was great. And that felt like hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't feel like entertaining and, You know, I, I also, um, something that I think goes along with hospitality is just, um, a smile, right? And just really looking into someone's face. Have you ever been to a party, Mercy, where you didn't even see the host or hostesses because they were just having to run around the whole time? And, and, you know, and then you felt like, oh man, like I didn't really even get to see them. Yeah. Um, and so just really sitting down and looking across at someone is really touching. Now, Mercy, you did a, you've been reading this book by Rosaria Butterfield. Tell us a little bit about her and the story and how hospitality just changed her life. Yes. Um, I think, uh, Carrie, you might jump in. You know, if I miss details on her life, please jump in. But I've been reading this book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. Mm-hmm. And um, she she's amazing. She's a writer. She's a thinker. And she was doing, was it her doctorate dissertation? Was it her dissertation or thesis? Mm-hmm. And at that time, she was, she was a lesbian and uh, hated, hated, hated Christians. And she wanted to study uh, Christians. She wanted to see, you know, just to prove Christianity wrong and how they did this and, and to argue against Christianity. So she decided to ask a a couple, uh, uh, they were pastors, if she could come to their house and ask them questions uh, for research, right? She was just using them to do research. And so she spent a few months coming um, uh, once a week, coming to their house. And so they would answer all of her questions about their faith. But at the same time, they were so uh, intentional about living out the Christian life and speaking the gospel out for her to hear. So they would, she, they, she would come over, they would have a meal together, they would talk about their lives, their faith, and after the meal was done, they would always sing the Psalms, right? So they invited her, hey, you know, we, you know, it was like a three or four part harmony that they would sing after, after dinner, and she liked it. She liked the singing of the Psalms, so she began, um, practicing the songs at home, doing voice exercises. And all the meanwhile, the the word was going inside of her and she did not know what was happening to her, but she was memorizing large portions of the Psalms and, and seeing these people that just loved her, answered her questions and loved people would welcome them into their home and share a meal with her uh, and with anybody that would come in. And uh, after a while um, she said, I, I wasn't, um, how did she say it? Something like, I, uh, I didn't, it's not that I, that I wanted to leave my lesbian ways, is that I was hungry for Jesus. It, it wasn't like, okay, leave what you're doing, uh, so that you can come here. It was like, I had to walk away because this was so interesting. Jesus was so interesting and he was so loving. And so, 
uh, from that experience, she got born again, radically born again, and she lives a life of sacrifice, a love of hosp- life of hospitality. She opens her home every week. I think it's every day. Every day for dinner, she opens her home, and her neighbors can come in, whether they're Christians or not. They come in. She's an amazing, incredible woman. And I just I love her story and that uh, that book is again the gospel comes with a house key. And thank you so much for sharing that, Mercy. Friends, we are going to be stepping into our last segment and wrapping up hospitality and kind of sharing a few final stories and a final key points about how easy this is. Uh, to go and do it. You can actually put out an invitation on next door and see who the Lord might bring. Um, lots of fun ideas, lots of fun ways to step into this. If you want to see God move this year in a way that you have never seen him move, this might just be the absolute easiest for, for a surefire way to do that. Well, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors who keep Love Talk on the air. We're going to wrap up this program for you in our final segment. Friends, stay with us for Love Talk. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. Here with the Love Ladies, Coach Carrie Brinkader here with Kathy Endebrock and Mercy Allered as we are discussing hospitality. Boy, I... I have loved this program, and I just want to jump right in here, Mercy. Um, as we talk about true hospitality and biblical hospitality, I I think it's important, and you have put this in your notes so well um, for today, Mercy, that biblical hospitality doesn't just include people that look like us and that think like us. Biblical hospitality includes uh, the sick, the bound, um, those that are living their lives very, very differently than us, those that don't believe in Jesus, um, those that are in a different socioeconomic bracket than us. Um, it includes people who are not like us. Yes. It's easy to have conversations with people who look like us and think like us. Mm-hmm. Um, it is enlightening and world-changing whenever we really practice biblical hospitality, which includes everyone. I, I mean, what would you say about this, Mercy? Well, you know, I I just go back to what, what Jesus said. These are red letter words. In Luke 14, 12 to 14, he said uh, to his host, right, to, that he was in the middle of hospitality, and he says, let me teach you a lesson. When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. In other words, there's no reward in that, right? You're just having a great meal. It, nothing wrong with it, but there's no eternal reward in that. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will will be blessed. That's a promise from God. If you do this, if you invite people in need, people far from God, yes, the poor, yes, the crippled, yes, the swearing, yes, the people that don't talk like you, you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And I have a a short story that I want to share. Um, I had this student at Central New Mexico Community College. She was my most difficult uh, student. And I'm a very strict teacher. And so if you don't write in proper English, then I mark your paper, right? And then her content wasn't good. And so I flunked her every time. But I would give her chances. So she she didn't like me very much. But for some reason, she wanted to stay behind every class and ask about her paper. So we began talking. We began talking about life, and then finally I invited her to, to come to, to lunch with us. And so we went to lunch, and Brian joined us. It was a Sunday afternoon, and uh, right after church, he was exhausted because he had just preached a, a sermon. And we got to the restaurant, and Brian asked this question, tell me about your father. Just tell me about your father. And my friend, oh, my goodness, started just, you know, talking about his dad loudly, her dad loudly, and began swearing like you have never heard a girl swear in your life, just swearing up and down. And Brian, you know, pastor straight lace, just is sitting there. I'm like, oh, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a professor, so I hear this all the time, my secular college, but he was just taken aback. And uh, afterwards, he's like, please don't ask me. And, and I'm going to be really honest with you. He goes, please don't ask me to have lunch with her anymore. I, I, I don't want to, to be in a conversation like that. It just felt horrible. And uh, she's just not, not ready, you know, to, to be. Our kids were there, and I felt really disrespected. And I said, okay. And my heart was so heavy because I knew she needed Jesus, and I knew she needed a father, right? That was That's why she was so mad. But um, 
I, you know, I prayed about it and I convinced them. I'm like, please give her another chance. Please give her another chance. Uh, so she came back. We never corrected anything she said. We just kept inviting her back. She started observing our family little by little. She actually ended up living with us. She came one night and said, hey, I don't have, it's, I, I just asked her, hey, how are you doing? Well, I don't have any um, heat in my home or electricity. And <laughs> I said, you need to come stay with us. Uh, come stay with us. So she lived uh, for a year in our home and observed our lives. Um, Brian became a father to her. I mean, they're like this to, to this day. I mean, super close. She comes to see us here in Austin, uh, was born again, but she began as this, you know, uh, she was violent. She was angry. She swore all the time, but she, all she needed was a home. She needed a home, a family that could introduce her to Jesus. And so to me, this is real because it's, it's affected people that, that I, that I totally love. And, and sometimes really little things and sometimes really big things keep us from making an eternal difference in people's lives. And I know, Carrie, we wanted to discuss some barriers to hospitality that, uh, that are in my notes, uh, but uh, you know, one of the barriers that that Brian had was this girl doesn't talk right. You know, she's not appropriate. She's not a good example to my children, and we had to work through that. We really had to work through that. You know, I, I have other stories of things that have bothered me about people, but then God, you know, speaks to your heart and says, "Get over it. People are sinful just like you are. You know, you just know Jesus now, but that's how you talked before you came to Jesus. Remember the hole that you came from, and give people an opportunity to to see family and to see Jesus." So. Well, well, and I, th- I think that a lot of times we think that our imperfections um, will will just, like, have this spotlight on them, right? But I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to be with real people. Yeah. You know, you can spot a fake a mile away, right? Somebody who's just, you know, putting on, you know, airs and pretending to be perfect, I tell you what, none of us is perfect, and it is it is so refreshing to sit down and just go, you know what, it's okay if my husband and I are a little cross at each other tonight. We'll get over it, you know, but sometimes we see that as a barrier or, oh, gosh, how are the kids going to act, especially if we have littles, you know. We think, oh, no, how are the kids going to act? Is it just going to be horrible? Are they going to be throwing their food and throwing a tantrum? You know what? That's real life. And most people have been through it. <laughs> and so it's pretty refreshing um, to be with people who are real. And I would say don't let, um, you know, our own selfishness or pride get in the way of hosting others and just being real. Because it makes people feel like they're they're normal, you know, <laughs> when, when we have those. Kathy, would you have anything to add about that? You know, I just think about the just the timeliness of this program being, you know, October 1st, the first Saturday of the month. And we are yeah. launching into, you know, tis the season of 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 hospitality, yeah. of uh, gathering together, of being together. And, you know, I think it's so many times we think, oh, you know, if I have someone over to my house, the way I witness to them is to maybe invite them to church. I would say, no, no, no. If you have someone mm-hmm. over to your house, they are at church because, mm-hmm. friends, you are the church. So yeah. bring prayer into that scenario. Be genuinely um, uh, caring about what their needs are and where they're at. And, friends, I would just say, if you're planning on some gatherings, bring out, invite neighbors. You can go on next door and say, hey, I am having a uh, a fall party or a Thanksgiving, a Friendsgiving party. And anyone who's out there who is, you know, new to the area or would just like to to, to enjoy a, a good meal or enjoy some some friendship, come over and join us. We would love to have you. You know, for Christmas, invite neighbors and have them come over to your house. And as part of the celebration, go and read the Christmas story. Just open your Bible, read the Christmas story and pray with them, you know, just thankfulness that they are in your home. Let them see what that relationship with their creator looks like. It's so simple. It's so easy. You know, I think it's exactly like you said. Sometimes we just have to put ourselves aside and and just commit to going out there and doing this wonderful thing that that the Lord is is putting in our feet and at asking us to do. Mercy, as we wrap up our program, what uh, kind of tips would you give us 
if we find it hard to be hospitable for whatever reason, right? Maybe we are not a good cook or we don't feel like we have this gift. Um, what are some tips and tricks uh, if we find it hard to be hospitable? Um, let me start with with some of the barriers that I see that that once they're out of the way, then hospitality becomes easy, right? So um, I think that we have to look at our hearts first and say, why why is it hard? Why is it hard to have my next door neighbor over? You know, we see each other in our PJs when we go pick up the newspaper, right? She's seen me disheveled or, you know, mm-hmm. she's seen me, you know, screaming at my kids when I go out there. Like, they know me. Why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. And, and, and ask the Lord, can you show me why it's hard? And then fix those things that are hard, right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe at 7 o'clock, it, you know, your favorite show is on. And so, no, I cannot have people over at my house because I have that show to watch. So maybe God is saying, hey, can you miss it one night, right? Uh, I want to be alone. I've had a hard day, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you do it on a day where you don't have a hard day. Uh, mm-hmm. I want you know, I want to clean my house. My house is is not it, it is not clean. Well, you know, I remember my mentor saying, you know, you you're looking at the at a big problem. Do it five minutes at a time. And so start on Monday. If you're if you're you know hosting on Saturday, start on Monday. Five minutes here, five minutes there. By Saturday, things are a little bit more you know kept up. Um, you know, meals like I said before don't have to be super elaborate. Just what is what would you like to cook? And if you hate cooking, takeout is awesome. bring some Chinese food or sushi or whatever, tacos, enchiladas, whatever you want. People just want to be with you. You're interesting to them. If they, if they get to your door, it means that they want to spend time with you. And that is the value in your meeting with them. So just take a chance. Like Kathy said, invite somebody this Thanksgiving. Even Halloween is a perfect night to be hospitable to people. It gives them hot cider, hot chocolate, and love on them. So let's be hospitable to people and show the love of Jesus this fall season. This is definitely a conversation that we need to continue. Mercy, we love it. You join us the first Saturday of every month. And so I'm telling you uh, that first Saturday in November, we're going to be talking more about this. We're going to be sharing more ideas about this. And friends, you can go to our Facebook page at Love Talk Radio. If you see our three smiling faces uh, looking back at you, you know that you have gotten the right place. You can also uh, go get our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. You can grab this radio program. It'll drop on Tuesday on your Facebook favorite podcast under Love Talk, all one word, no spaces, and in our archives at Love Talk Radio, or excuse me, lovetalknetwork.com. It has been a joy to be with you, friends. If you want to know Jesus, you want to know his forgiveness, you want, to, you want that transformed life and that personal relationship, you can call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. It's been a wonderful Saturday, friends. God bless your week. Go find a church to uh, just go and, and step into on Sunday, a church that teaches the Bible, preaches the Bible and um, arms that will embrace you when you walk through those doors. Uh, from Kathy Enderbrock and Coach Carrie Brinkgater and the beautiful Mercy Allered, it has been our joy to spend this Saturday with you, friends. We look forward to being with you next Saturday on Love Talk.